Hey folks, this is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast, and I wanted to welcome you to this episode. Today we are talking with Jesse Hines. Uh, Jesse is just a great guy to talk with, particularly if you are interested in the fight world and in martial arts. He's just got such a, uh, a breadth of experience uh, with it from boxing to taekwondo, kung fu, BJJ. It's, it's great to hear his perspective and enthusiasm for all things in, in the fight world. Uh, but one of the other things that I'm looking forward to sharing with you from this conversation is his relationship with his son and how that has changed since his son has started training in the martial arts as well. It's just a great example of how a new dynamic can be added to your relationship with your children just to make it that much richer. And I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. But uh, before we get into that, I did want to get into our episode spotlight. As a reminder, these spotlights are unsponsored. These folks or organizations have no idea that I'm doing this, but I feel that they're just doing such great work that I want to do my part in sharing what they're doing and um, and uh, get some attention to them. And today I wanted to talk about the Good Dad Project. Now, this is a uh, community and a podcast that comes from Larry Hagner. Actually, Larry was a uh, guest on our podcast not long ago, but uh, he just created this amazing community focused around dads and bringing them together in a community that uh, just supports each other. Um, a lot of times as a parent... It can be challenging to feel like you're just kind of alone in it. Now, I mean, for myself, I'd seen a lot of you know, Facebook groups and support groups for women, uh, mothers, but I didn't really see anything for dads. And um, when I found the Good Dad Project, it was really not only a surprise, but something that was kind of a relief, like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like I'm alone. And when you see these guys in uh, their uh, groups, um, virtual groups, uh, talking to each other, supporting each other, sharing the things that have been challenging, but also the wins for them as well, it's just a great, great thing to see. And um, I highly recommend the Good Dad Project, as well as uh, Larry's podcast, The Dad Edge, to you if you are a father. So um, you can find more about them at gooddadproject.com. So that is our episode spotlight. And with that, let's jump into the interview with Jesse Hines. So I live uh, in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Uh, this this state, and uh, um, and I actually live at a, a pretty cool community place called Salmon Beach. Uh, it's about eighty houses. Uh, they're they're on the the bottom of a, um, a pretty significant bluff. Um, you walk up the trail from the houses to the uh, to the parking lot where the cars are, and Fitbit says you've just climbed about twelve flights of stairs. Um, uh, I grew up there, um, and it's 
so the it's bottom of a bluff covered in, in, in kind of woods. And then the houses are actually built on pilings on the beach. So Puget Sound, the, the, uh, the saltwater Puget Sound, like the tide comes in and out under your house, um, which is awesome. Except in winter when there's a storm and you get stuff, you know, crashing around under your house. It's like, it's, a, it's pretty, it's pretty unique, I think. Um, but I uh, kind of grew up down there. And as a kid, basically spent my time running around in the woods on the beach. Um, you know, I was always into, uh, into fiction, the fantasy. And, you know, so making wooden swords and shields was, and that's what we did. I mean, I've got, I've got scars, you know, from, from running around and just beating the hell out of, out of friends and then beating the crap out of me. Yeah. Um, and it was great. It was fantastic. Great friends. Best of friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and some of them are still like best friends today. You know, it's absolutely like, that's how you bond. Um, so then uh, was an actor, uh, moved up to Seattle for a while and was a stage and film actor for about 12 years. Um basically decided I didn't want to move to LA or New York um, and wanted to start a family, um, which not a lot of actors that I knew that were making the business happen for them. Um, that was, that was something that not all of them, but a lot of them had to sacrifice to make that life happen for them. Um, and it wasn't willing to, willing to do that. Um, you know, nine 11 also happened around then. So I, uh, um, I became an EMT drove ambulance, um, volunteer fire department, uh, and worked in a children's hospital in the ER all over about seven years, um, kind of testing that out. Particularly the ER stint proved that I, that's not a capacity that I can work with kids. Um, especially having one of my own at that point, I was like, I can't, I can't see this on a daily basis and stay right in the head, you know? Um, so I became a teacher, which, you know, that seemed along that same road, but without the, uh, <laughs> I thought there was going to be less bodily fluids, but really as a teacher, you kind of, you kind of see it all too. I mean, it's, it's, it can be gross. <laughs> so I didn't get away from that, but, um, uh, but I did get away from some of the, uh, the darker stuff, which was, uh, which was good. Um, I don't have, I know a lot of guys in, in EMS fire, uh, you know, police and, you know, I've got my authority issues, and so grew up really without a lot of respect for um, uh, uh, for for people in law enforcement. Um, and then uh, my first wife, her brother was actually a, a LA County Sheriff. Um, and right, you know, about the same time as um, I met him, I was doing EMS, and I got to tell you, I was like, "That's you do this every day. You see people on their worst day ever." Um, even if it's somebody who their worst day ever seems to be happening on a weekly basis during your shift, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, that's, it, it, it takes a gift and a skill that I don't, I don't have the gift and, um, wasn't acquiring the skill fast enough to, um, to not let it change me in some ways that, that I wasn't really happy about. Uh, so education, you know, teaching, um, my uh, my mom was an educator. My grandmother was an educator. My first wife, my second wife. I mean, it's like it's education is 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 I'm steeped in it. So that was kind of the route that I ended up uh, ended up going and finding myself in. And I'm currently a librarian in an elementary school. So I, I get kids hooked on books and uh, teach them a little bit about technology. Dude, 
coolest so, librarian ever. What the hell? I, it's pretty cool. It's really cool. You know, I've got all my uh, my little uh, all the kids. You know, very rapidly figure out that uh, I'm very into Star Wars and and that whole world, and that seems a, a good a good hook. You know, so I'll you know first couple of months I've always got a Star Wars T-shirt on and. I'm like, oh yeah, and I've got Star Wars toys kind of around the library that I've collected over the years. And um, and that helps kind of, you know, uh, helps make a make a make a little bit of a superficial connection long enough for them to, you know, for them to me or for me to be able to then go, hey, you know, so if you like that, here's a book you should read, kid. And then, you know, then by the end of the year, they're coming into the library going, okay, what's you know, what's the next book in that series? Or what's another series that's good? And I'm like, oh, there you go. Gotcha. You know. So that's kind of you know that's uh, that's kind of my approach to what I'm doing right now, which is pretty cool. So uh, is it uh, what, what I think I'm, I don't know if I missed it. The what what the ages, what grade? Um, it's elementary, so it's uh, garden through fifth grade. Okay. Um, we do uh, fifth grade here, and then they do middle school. And how old is uh, is, is your child? Uh, my youngest is two, two and a half, and my oldest I keep saying he's twelve. He has a month to go. Oh, okay. But his attitude <laughs> and the way he's starting to live life. Um, you know, he, uh, I'm sure he would love me sharing this beyond the, beyond the house. But yesterday at our 4th of July, the neighbors had, um, they have, uh, uh, two teenage girls, um, like 16 and 14 and then a 12 year old boy, his age. And then, an 11 or 12 year old girl, 10 or 11, sorry, I think she was 11. Um, and the boy wasn't there and the girls had some friends over. So there's this whole like squad of, you know, teen and the youngest being barely preteen girls over there um, with, you know, water balloons and squirt guns. And he filled his up, he filled his squirt guns up. And he's like, I'm going to go over there. And then he like, he almost bailed. I mean, he, you could see the look on his face. And he was just super intimidated. And he's like, dad, I don't think I want to go over there. I don't know. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, this is, this is an opportunity. <laughs> and this is, this is something that you will never see anything like this again for the rest of your life, dude. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, you have to go over. Otherwise, there's a part of you and a part of me that will regret this forever. And he, you know, I was like, wow, oh, you sneak around the back, you hide over at that corner, you nail the first one that comes around the corner, you know, we're talking tactics. And, um, you know, I said, sometimes it's preparation and sometimes victory goes to the swift. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> he was like, okay, dad. And he ran over there, played for a couple hours. And I was like, I couldn't be, I couldn't have been a prouder dad at that moment. I was like, oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Oh, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, segue. Yeah. A lot of those things are, um, uh, maybe not directly related with with um with the fact that i keep finding myself fighting <laughs> um but uh i know i got my start uh when and i shared this with my phone call group um and while there is a video of this i swear that i it will not be seen <laughs> it is it is hidden somewhere now i'll not tell anybody where this video is but i had to do a stage play and um, it's a rock and roll. It's a, a rock and roll version of a, a Shakespeare play. Okay. And so I played a, the, uh, a Johnny Rotten type character, so singing a lot of punk rock. But then when I was off stage, or when I wasn't, when those weren't the scenes, um, I also doubled as 
one of Madonna's boy toys. Okay. So and when I was told, how how old were you with this? Oh, uh, this was my twenties. Oh oh, was, oh oh oh. Okay. Ago. Okay. Uh, so this is at least. I think the last time I did it was about the last time they did the production was about 15 years ago. Okay. Um, so that was the last time I did it. Um, but the first time they, they did, they mounted this production. It was in, you know, I was in my mid twenties. Um, and they're like, yeah, we'd like you to do, you know, be one of the dancers, uh, one of the backup dancers for the Madonna numbers. And then they described the costume and I was like, Oh, hell no, 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 I'm not that is not me. I'm the skinny kid, you know? And so as part of my contract, I was like, all right, well, I want you to pay for boxing lessons. Um, and I had done, I mean, up to that point, I had done Taekwondo because I wanted to know some martial arts, moved up to Seattle and found a, uh, like a legit, like started by a Shaolin monk who fled the boxer rebellion and arrived in Seattle, um, and started a Kung Fu school. Um, so I moved to Seattle. I did Kung Fu for a while. Um, but then when I had to do this show and I had to be in a, um, you know, fairly revealing outfit, uh, with the bowler hat and the strappy top and these yep. like bike shorts and combat boots. And yeah. I mean, it was like full on Madonna. You know, 80, <laughs> Madonna. Yeah. I was like, Oh God. Yeah. Um, and so I said, Hey, for part of my contract, I needed to pay for these boxing lessons. Cause you wanted um, to get in shape. Yes. Okay. Yes. That I was, was like, it. I gotta, I gotta, uh. You know, and, and of all kind of martial arts, kind of combat sports, I mean, you know, at that time, MMA hadn't really taken off. Yeah. Um, it was still, you know, like pride was still kind of the big thing. Um, UFC wasn't even, hadn't even, you know, wasn't even a rumor at that point. Um, and, uh, and, you know, you looked around and you're like, oh, the boxer physique? Okay, yeah. that, that I can do. Um, so I got, uh, got with this woman who was a professional boxer up in Seattle and did some training on the side. Um, you know, first thing she did was like, all right, you're doing a hundred pushups, hundred sit-ups or, uh, 200 pushups, a hundred, yeah. sorry, hundred pushups, 200 sit-ups and 200 squats every night. Uh, that's your homework. And the first month was awful, but my pride, <laughs> you know, and the date of our opening, you know, our opening performance was like, that's a real deadline. And there's, you know, there's, uh, there's wanting to be in shape. And then there's, I'm going to be in front of hundreds of people. The curtain is going to go up and the lights are going to go on. And that's, that's it. I mean, <laughs> I can't hide, you know, there's no talk, talk about, a, talk about accountability, right? <laughs> Talk was, about specific it was deadlines. Like you wouldn't believe it. It's the most incentivized I've ever felt to be in shape. It was like, that was it. I've never felt that, that, uh, that, uh, drastic of a need to, uh, do some pushups. Dude, we, well, we, uh, we know, we know the key for you, man, man. (laughs) Very easy. If you ever need to get, you ever have that uh, challenge, like, oh, I got to get back in shape. Ah. Madonna number. That's what it is. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Just start dangling around some, you know, leather strappy thing. And right. I'll be like, all right, all right, all right. I'll do the push-ups. I'll do the push-ups. Well, dude, um, let, me, let me rewind a little bit though. So, yeah. you know, you said you started off with, uh, with Taekwondo. That was, was that your first introduction to like martial arts kind of stuff? Okay. Okay. And, and, and when was that? Was that, were you a kid? Was it? Uh, it was, it was college. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, before that, I mean, like I said, I mean, we ran around, you know, beating the hell out of each other with swords and shields and stuff. Um, but it was, I mean, it was, 
it might have been a, it might as well have been a, a part-time job, you know, because I'm in my stepdad's. He's a carpenter. I'm in his wood shop, like looking for the hardest hardwood I can find, and you know, cutting it down on the bandsaw and then sanding it down and making these things. You, were, you and, weren't messing around. You weren't messing around. No, there was no messing. Around. <laughs> um, and I was I was right in the middle age group. There were some older kids and there were some younger kids. And so on a good day, there would be fewer older kids out playing and I'd be able to be on the, the big kids team. More often than not, I was the biggest kid on the little kids team, which meant I just got my ass handed to me by guys that were bigger and stronger. And, and that no matter how hard I hit them, <laughs> they never cried. <laughs> but, you know. You had, you had an example to follow, huh? <laughs> it, was, it was hardcore. Yeah. And like I said, I've got, I've got scars from, you know, from, from, from growing up, which is awesome. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, they're awesome stories now. At the time, it was like, I need to know how to defend myself. I need to know how to, you know, at least be able to, like, defend myself with the stick while I'm running backwards, Yeah, you know, and not trip over my own self. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jesse, you know, I'm, I'm, it's only, uh, it's only been a little bit we're talking here, but I'm, 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 I'm noticing a pattern a little bit in terms of you putting yourself in situations (laughs) where (laughs) this, I've got to defend myself because I'm getting beaten. I've got to get in shape because I've got this thing (laughs) coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, like in, my my 12 year old he pointed out the other day he was over at our grandparents house and he pointed out that uh they have you know marks on the wall uh for when i was growing up and then they have marks for him now and they have marks for for murphy the two-year-old and rowan pointed out to me you know like he was 11 and a half so it was it was almost a year ago um that he was as tall at 11 and a half as i was when i was 14 wow i was a tiny tiny kid mm. growing up I mean, right now I'm 5'10", um, you know, depending on, you know, <laughs> depending on my beer intake, anywhere between about, you know, 180, 190, um, you know, uh, so, you know, growing up, it was, even if by like age, I could kind of be in the middle, you know, the middle of the age group for kids down, down at Salmon Beach, um, I was still like, I mean, there were kids that were older than me that have always had always been bigger, you know. Um, so that I think that played a factor into it, you know. Um, just you know, figuring out really early that if I couldn't physically defend myself, mm. that I needed to either be funny, um, have some way of verbally disarming other people, like you know, either through comedy or through just like being ridiculous seeming off kilter enough that dude this guy's kind of crazy you don't know what he's gonna do i mean like all of these ways to kind of kind of protect myself because i couldn't physically until i was in in high school um and that's the first time i caught up with everybody so then when i got to college i was like wait a minute i'm actually i not that you know i ever like picked a fight but i was like actually i don't have to like with this guy getting in my face you know talking shit saying whatever i don't actually have to go oh yeah dude no ha that's really funny i can actually say you know what piss off dude go away and and more likely than not that will happen because people are just not used to um used to somebody not backing down i mean it's you know uh and i kind of figured that out in college um 
you know, Taekwondo was the martial art that was kind of available close to the school. Okay. Um, okay. And my girlfriend, my girlfriend took it at the time. So, you know, I was like, Hey, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll take that with you. Yeah. Um, but it did. I mean, it certainly, um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been a gymnast when I was younger, um, being a, being a stage performer, uh, you know, I was always having to do dance and, and physical things. And, um, then in college I studied stage combat, which is basically, you know, sword fighting and unarmed combat for, for stage and film mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. I like, I was really able to master it really quickly. Um, so well, then we had a lot of like, practice growing up on the beach with it anyway. Right, so <laughs> right. I mean, running around leaping logs, trying to get away from the, uh, from the, from the older guys. I mean, you know, makes you nimble. Yeah. Uh, so then in Taekwondo, I gravitated towards it because of all the kicks and I was like flexible. I've got decent balance. This is, I, I like this. What um, was it about that, that, um, that stuck out for you? Like, was it such that you weren't, uh, I mean, you were doing a lot of like stuff, sword play, right? A lot of upper body kind of stuff. And then this was just kind of a new sensation for you. They're like, oh, this is really interesting. I think it was, I think it was more that, um, I think it was the first thing that I did where you were actually making contact with another person um, that wasn't, you know, kids playing with swords. Mm. It was like, you're actually being taught. Mm. This is how, you, you know, this is how you kick high enough to hit somebody in the chest. This is how you kick high enough to hit somebody in the face. And you're practicing these things. And that was the first time that I'd ever really encountered that. Um, you know, and then I think like a lot of people who, who progress through various martial arts, uh, I discovered that, wow, it's great if you can keep the person about your legs length away. It's fantastic. Once they get past that, oh, holy crap, I'm in trouble. Uh, I had a, a good friend that wrestled in high school and uh, we would start messing around and eventually, you know, he was bigger than me, stronger than me. It didn't matter how hard I kicked him when we were messing around, he would grab me and, you know, throw me down on the ground. And I'm like, all right, you know, how do I, <laughs> this ouch, that yeah. hurt. Yeah. I hear, I hear. So, so yeah. how yeah. long, how long did you, uh, were you doing, um, Taekwondo then? How long did you stay in that and, and practice that? I did that for a couple of years. Okay. A couple of years. Okay. Um, Just through college. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, once I moved up to Seattle, then I got, um, kind of left Taekwondo and got into Kung Fu. Okay. Now wait, you moved to Seattle because of the Kung Fu or was it because, no, because of, because of acting? Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. just yeah, there, I mean, that was something that, that, so how did, how were you introduced to, to the Kung Fu piece of it? Would you just, were you just, walking by one day? Looking. No, I was just, I, you know, I, I was looking, um, they have uh, the international district in Seattle is, um, uh, you know, is a, is a, it's very cool, <laughs> very cool area of town. And, um, it's, uh, uh, I think I was probably living there for about a year, maybe a year and a little more, um, before I realized I was like, oh man, I need to get back into something. Um, I was still doing a lot of the stage combat. I was actually uh, both as an actor um, and as a choreographer. So I'd be hired to do uh, like choreograph fights in different plays. I uh, did a couple like, you know, student films and things like that. Um, kind of helping choreograph the stunt work and the fights. Um, but I wasn't doing anything myself. So then I just kind of started looking around. And I mean, the place that I found was like so legit. It was like oh, I gotta, I gotta go there. Yeah. I mean, even if it's even if I don't fall in love with kung fu, yeah, I want to at least be able to say, yeah, I, I studied kung fu at this place. So that's kind of what that one was about was just trying to find something um, 
But like, like going, you know, because the way that you, that you put it too was like because you had this bit with a, a, a the taekwondo and that was fun, you know, just and then you just ended up leaving. But you need you had it sounded like you had an itch to scratch. Yeah, right. You had something in inside you, which is interesting because I think um, you know it's an interesting way to put it because I think it's it's something that's common amongst folks that really um, can appreciate fighting sports fighting martial arts you know when i think um you know part of it through talking to bauer uh you know obviously i I mean i wrote the uh the blog piece you know before i really connected with anybody in the alliance over over kind of combat sports stuff Mm -hmm. but um uh you know while i was in seattle i had the experience you know that's when i started doing the boxing training um and i mean it really i mean it, it started off as not wanting to look like a skinny ass white kid up on this stage. The other guy, the other, my dancing partner, he was this six foot one, you know, African-American guy had been dancing since he was like four phenomenal shape and way like he out, he could eat out danced me. He looked so much better than me on stage. It was ridiculous. The guy is now, I mean, he's, he's on Broadway in New York now um, in the lion King. And he's been in the lion King for the last decade. I mean, the guy is, He's phenomenal. Um, and knowing that that was the other half of our, you know, Madonna duo is like, gee, you know, what the hell can I do? Um, you know, I mean, it started off as kind of a pride thing. Um, but really rapidly. I mean, once, you know, once Carla broke out the pads mm. and we're hitting the pads and once she, like at one point she's like, wow, you have really heavy hands. Mm. You, know, you, you hit hard. And I'd never been told that my entire life. I'd never been told that I actually had, you know, I've been told I was fast. I've been told I was flexible. Never in my life have been told that I'm, I can be physically powerful. Well, think like, you know, if, if, you know, Taekwondo, a lot of focus was on the kicking. Right. And then I don't know, uh, I don't know much about Kung Fu side of it, but I, I, from what I've seen of that, it's a lot of very quick movements, yeah. right? Not so much very heavy, not a lot of it's, full there's power. Not a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a lot of work with channeling that power, mm. but in terms of just like raw punching, kicking power, no. I mean, it's, you know, it's, I mean, and I only, I took Kung Fu for like a couple of years again. Um, so I didn't progress to the level where you become a true Kung Fu badass. But you, and did you, uh, did you uh, work with weapons at the time as well? With, um, as no, no okay. I never got to the point where I got to, you know, I got to do any serious weapon work. I think okay. I got to you know, touch a couple of them once okay. when one of the guys, <laughs> Slap your hand. <laughs> That's not for you, man. Want to, you know, here you go. You can you can hold it for a second, but give it right back. Yeah, right, right. You know, uh, so it was really when I got to boxing, and it was, um, you. Well, I mean, it's that that that, that proprioceptive contact you're making. It's like you're you're feeling the glove hit this object. I mean, it could be. I love the pads. I love doing pad work. Um, I loved, there were a couple of guys who actually were training to be boxers. I I was not, I had no interest in actually competing. Um, But I loved training with them. And I loved being the guy holding pads for them because, oh my, they would hit so hard. Mm. Um, You know, this guy worked on oil rigs in Alaska. And, you know, for their downtime, they eat, sleep, and work out. I mean, that's it. So this guy's a beast. He was like 6'4, this just giant. Um, and I loved, loved holding pads for him. Hmm. 
you know, I mean, what was it about that? You know, <laughs> I, was, I was like, because like most other folks, particularly, you know, you know, the, you know, where, where I train and I, yeah. I, most of the time I'm there, like I'm, I'm, I'm instructor, you know, but even before that, like I'm holding for other, other people, they're holding for me, particularly in times I, I, they're holding for me and is before I really had a much more control of like, right. oh, this is an actual person that's taking this damage as opposed to right, 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 there's right. a person behind the pad kind of thing. It's not like right. the heavy bag that can take this whatever person's actually absorbing this, this person's yeah. absorbing this stuff. Right, right. Um, you know, and there are times that I've held for other people that I didn't really enjoy it most of the time. But you're like the way you're talking right now, it's like, man, you all gotta get in line for this. You gotta sign up for this. Right. I, yeah. And I think part of it is it's just um, that God, I don't know. I mean, okay, it's I was gonna say it's 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 there's something about being that close to just like raw physical power, um, but I also know that the guy like the oil the oil rig guy that I worked with. Um, thank you, sweetie. Um, I also know he was like, he was, he was not hitting as hard as he could. Yeah. He would have broken, he would have dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. I mean, the guy was, was truly a beast. You know, um, the whole problem was he couldn't find somebody big enough and strong enough to, to spar with or hold pads for him to ever like go 80% even. Um, so then he'd get, he got in the ring and he's like, Oh, you know, I'm allowed to hit this guy hard. Okay. <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, but I mean, I worked with him and the other, the other person I worked with the most was this, this, a kid. I mean, I was in my mid twenties. He was 19, but he'd been boxing since he was about 13. And the kid was so, he was fast. He's the only, the only time, the only time I ever walked out of the ring was sparring with this kid. Um, and it's, you know, we did a couple of rounds where it was like first round, you're just jabbing. Uh, at this point I was doing self-defense uh, jujitsu at the same time. Okay. So my fear level was much lower. Mm. Um, there was no question in my mind that if I was allowed to kick the kid in the legs, <laughs> if I was allowed to single leg, double leg takedown, if I could touch him with anything other than a strike with my hands, no, no challenge. Like the depth of there being no challenge was astounding to me because this kid was so good at boxing. I was like, yeah, I'll get clipped yeah. once. Yeah. And that I, I knew that, so I was one of the people, one of the only people at the gym that was kind of unafraid of of mixing it up with him, because I knew, you know, you're hitting me over and over again, yep, and I'm still coming at you, yeah. because I know my I know my hook works. <laughs> you leave your elbows up, I'm hitting your body, uh, and I know that if it really came down to it, yeah. I could defend myself. But you, so, but you had this additional stuff. So you're you were already doing you, you're doing the boxing. And then yeah. concurrently, you were also doing uh, jujitsu classes as well, BJJ. Yeah, I got into, yeah. Um, and it was when I started to take the boxing a little more seriously. It was the show, the show had closed. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not stopping with the boxing. Okay. This is great. Um, and it was, you know, like I said, it, I mean, it started off as a physical, you know, physical appearance thing. Um, but I lived on Capitol Hill in Seattle. And, it, you know, it's, you know, at the time, I mean, it's been gentrified in the last, 15, 20 years since I've been there. Um, but at the time, I mean, it was, it was, you know, all the gay bars in Seattle were up there. Um, and I loved that part of it. 
I just like the, the, the culture part of it, like all the good coffee shops, Capitol Hill, um, you know, the kind of the, the cool up and coming restaurants, Capitol Hill, uh, the good clubs to go out at night, Capitol Hill, but it also it could be rough, you know? And I mean, I had, uh, at one point I was walking down the street with a six pack of beer with my friend. Um, and you know, like five or six kids followed us into the alley cause they figured, Oh, you know, a couple of gay guys, it's Capitol Hill. And, uh, it was when we each took a beer bottle out and we're like, you know, this is, you guys outnumber us, but somebody's getting hit with this and it's going to hurt. And, you know, and luckily, you know, the, the cops also arrived at about the same time. So I don't want to make it sound like it was just our willingness to defend ourselves, but it was really clear that we were. Um, so the level of confidence I had just walking down the street was something that I'd never really felt before. Um, and this is when, like, was just with boxing or, like, as particularly yeah, after, just, with the just with the boxing? You, I'm yeah. feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So early on, you know, I got done with the play. Uh, I keep up with the boxing because I just noticed, you know, I'm walking down the street, you know, and the, the intimidating teenage homeless kid that's coming up and kind of aggressively panhandling at me, you're not intimidating anymore. You know, um, when I grew up in Tacoma, we had, uh, the, it was uh, in the eighties, uh, kind of a turf battle between the, uh, the Crips and the Bloods at that time. Um, and so, you know, drive-by shootings and, and, Unfortunately, Tacoma became fairly famous for it for about three or four years. It was pretty bad. But, you know, you just walked around. I mean, especially if you, you know, my complexion and, and being small and um, you walked around kind of just intimidated. Um, so it was doing boxing was the first time where I felt like, you know, I actually I don't feel that way anymore. And it actually took me a while to figure out that I didn't feel that way, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? Absolutely, dude. <laughs> I've had my moments. walking around and I'm like, I feel more confident. <laughs> I feel like, what's going on? Oh, it's because I'm not walking around freaking scared. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not now, tired after my walk because normally I, like so tense. And oh, wow, I feel like I'm more energy. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, no, nah, it's all good. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, and uh, a friend of mine who I used to be in theater with, um, he was like, Hey, I know that I know this guy, he's developing his own martial arts system and he wants people to basically be guinea pigs. Um, and, uh, so sensei Rusales, his first name is also Jesse. So he and I, he and I give each other endless crap about, you know, about that. But, um, he, uh, he had done Aikido, black belt in Aikido had gone through jujitsu, uh, Brazilian jujitsu to black belt. Um, and then had toyed around with a couple other things. Um, and, but his, you know, his weak spot was strikes with the hand. So I was like, I, I will teach you a wicked jab. <laughs> you know? Like here's how you throw, you know, how you throw your hands more effectively. So I would, uh, you know, he and I did a lot of kind of sparring uh, with boxing to train him up. And, um, and then he kind of ran us through his system and it was very self-defense oriented. Uh, I think like I mentioned in the blog post, when I finally came back to jujitsu uh, just recently in the last year or so, it's like, I, I'm getting my ass handed to me so regularly. I mean, I'm a true white belt. Um, but part of it's because it's like, yeah, the stuff that I do remember, you can't, you can't do in the, you can't do in the, in the, in the BJJ school. <laughs> you know, It's like, that's not a legal move. And that actually is kind of nasty to do so to somebody that you want to have any kind of, relationship with <laughs> um, right and so it was a lot of uh 
I would say it was almost like the Krav, Krav Maga version of jujitsu. Okay. He like took, you know, what works, you know, less sports, like, more. Of yeah. Like, there's, he's like, there's no sport to this. This is, you know, you're not training go, to go. You're not training to go to tournaments. No, no. This was very much. Um, uh, and we actually had a, a part of the class that I love uh, that I haven't seen duplicated anywhere else where he, it was called open form. And, you know, you took turns because it wasn't fair for one person to be to do it all the time. Uh, so you switched with your partner and you basically one person got to dictate the situation. So, for instance, I would say, hey, Matt, you're going to stand over here. You're at a cash machine. So your head is down. You're looking here, both, you know, both hands out of your pocket in front of you. Um, and, you know, and I'm going to be behind you. Go. And I got to do like whatever move I had to attack him and he had to figure out how to defend himself. And it, I mean, it would get ridiculous. You'd be like, okay, you're on the ground on your stomach. I've got you in this chicken wing with your arm behind your back and I'm cranking it up and I'm, I'm lifting your wallet out of your pocket and your face is on the ground. Okay, go. And you're like, really? I'm, yeah. <laughs> how about you just take my wallet? I mean, you know, but, um, so it was very much, very much geared toward, towards what was practical self-defense. Um, you know, nothing like, you know, nothing wasted, nothing fancy. It was dead simple. Um, when I started reading books on uh, Jeet Kune Do, I was like, oh, oh, that's what, that's what, that's what Jesse was teaching us. You know, it's like, you know, what's, what's the target? What's, what's the weapon that's going to get there? And what's the one or two ways to get there that work best for you? forget the rest of it so a lot of you know the uh you know flying axe kick that i learned in 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 taekwondo he was like yeah you know that looks really fancy now here try that again and and i'm like oh great now i am on my stomach in a chicken wing and that sucked (laughs) let me ask you though because that's that's an interesting uh perspective to have because you 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 some folks start off in one style one discipline um, one school, and then they just stay there for the rest of their, their time in martial arts. And then, some, you know, a few of those folks, well, they'll they'll carry that torch to open up their own school, spread the same yeah. thing over and over. You know, that's that's a yeah. lot of what the traditional martial arts are, right? Right, um, right, right. You started off with that a bit, and then you were opened up to a lot of other possibilities. But you, you had a thirst for it in any case, right? So how it is now, like after, uh, you know, going to the boxing, then you've got the, you know, a bit of jujitsu uh, under your belt. Then you've got, the, you know, well, you've got, you've got this uh, with uh, this new form that you're working through with more self-defense. How does that shape your perspe- per, uh, perspective on where you'd come from or some of those other styles that are, that are out there now? Yeah, I think um, what I think what it comes down to is I have a, a, a deep respect for, um, well, I don't want to say I, I don't respect the more traditional forms because I do. I mean, they ultimately they all came out of the need for an individual to be able to defend themselves against somebody who was bigger, stronger, had weapons. I mean you're not going to get into a physical hand-to-hand confrontation with another human being unless you absolutely have to. And if you're trying to figure out the best way to use your bare hands or your bare feet to defend yourself or, or hurt another person, it's because the other person has some sort of advantage. You're not going to say, Hey, uh, we're both equal. So let's punch each other. No, most, I, you know, from what I've studied, almost all traditional martial arts have this background in, well, it was developed 
um, you know, like uh, Aikido Judo uh, having its 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 uh, its roots in the fact that, like, yeah, if you use your sword, if you lose your sword, your opponent still has theirs. You can either stand there and die, or here's what you can do. <laughs> you know, you get in super close, <laughs> you control their body. You know, and so I, re- I I have a deep respect that that's where many of the traditional uh, art forms came from. Um, you know, I, I start to lose interest. Um, I start to lose patience when kind of the tradition takes over. Um, I I have a, uh, if it's practical, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's, uh, I actually, I did Krav Maga for a little while. Um, I mean, I've bounced all over the place. Um, but part of it was because I just, I just kept saying, this is the most practical self-defense. I was like, okay, awesome. Um, you know, I would still be doing it if, I mean, the gym, the gym was just not to my liking. It didn't have the, uh, I didn't kind of have the vibe that I, that I, that I wrote about in the, uh, um, in the article. I mean, it just, it was more of your, it almost felt like, you know, going to 24 hour fitness. I mean, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Here's the new curriculum contract and it was a year contract and, you know, you come to class, you don't come to class, you're still getting charged and you can't get out of it for a year. And I'm like, well, but I, I don't know if I'm going to like this in, you know, three months. Um, Vibe is a really big deal. I think that um, it's it's hard to pinpoint unless you've actually gone through it a little bit, you know, yeah. like kind of like come through where it's not just it's and I, I, I'm sure it can apply to a lot of different environments. Right. But yeah. particularly, particularly in martial arts because there are real consequences for that vibe not being there. You know, yeah. if you got a yeah. bunch of yahoos in there, if you got a bunch of testosterone or that type of thing and, or, you know, just, just people, they don't really uh, have your best interest in mind. Right. 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 And you, you, can, you can get, there's danger. So yeah. yeah. And that's something that, you know, I think it probably, it may take a little bit for some folks to, uh, to, uh, to find their place, you know, find the place yeah. that really, you know, really uh, meshes up with who they are and what they're looking for, you know? Well, I think there's also, there's also part of it where, I mean, you know, like any other physical pursuit, if all you want is just the physical skill, mm-hmm. there are a million and a half places you can go. Okay. You know, I mean, and I mean, you don't, you, if all you want is a skill, you don't have to be selective at all. Okay. And you can go to a really good school. Okay. And if all you want is a skill, great. You can walk in, you can go to class, you can walk out, you have the skill. Awesome. Um, and there are plenty of schools that that's what they do. And that's, that's, that's fine. Um, I just think, you know, knowing, and I don't know if it's being a bit ADD or if it's, you know, having been involved in the arts for so much of my life. I mean, there is an, I have a need for something that gets a little deeper, that hits a little, a little deeper on the, uh, not even just excitement level. You know, there has to be stakes. There has to be stakes. There has to be, you know, a, a, um, a benefit to commitment. There has to be a connection with, with the other people there. Because if it, I mean, yeah, you can spar with somebody, but if you're 
sparring with somebody and kind of like you said if you're if you're sparring with somebody not just to make yourself better but you're also sparring to take care of this other person and you know to like yeah you keep leaving that elbow up i'm gonna keep <laughs> left hook is gonna keep coming the tough love coming man elbow. tough love <laughs> you know it's like if you're coming at it from that angle i don't i don't mind i don't mind going home with sore ribs if you walk in and you're just like, huh, you, you lifted your elbow and you just nail that floating rib and walk away and you're like, Psh, whatever, protect yourself, man. I'm like, I have no time for you. You know, I mean, and that, you know, I think that's, that's the difference. I mean, for me, that, that feeling that, you know, um, that we're all on the mat together, we're all in the ring together, um, you know, and just that, you know, the couple of times where I found myself in a class or in a school where it is that kind of, you know, Hey, today's three skills we're learning are this. Um, so go ahead and do your warm ups, and I'll be back in 15 minutes to, to show it to you. I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know anybody there. I don't, nobody in there knows me. Um, and even if you're sparring, which is an incredibly intimate thing to do, especially in jujitsu wrestling, where you are like chest to chest, chest to face. I mean, sweat and like, sweat. <laughs> some of the grossest I've been in my life. Yeah. <laughs> positions that I've been in. I mean, anybody that's wrestled or done jujitsu, you're like, okay, this is, this is uncomfortable on many levels. <laughs> and, and unfortunately I can't move, <laughs> you know, you're like I'm trapped here and this sucks. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, even just like, I watched my son go through this. And, and, and we've all, you know, anybody that's grappled has been there where you're basically, you're being sprawled on. Right. Um, and if you're not, you're not okay being in that space where somebody with no effort whatsoever is able to restrict all of your movement, restrict your breathing. And you can fight as hard. You can buck as hard as you want. And if they're good, it's just like there might they might as well be an octopus and holding on to the floor. It's like there's nothing you can do. The the helplessness that you feel in those moments is something that I don't think most of us get to experience in a physical, in a very real physical way very often. So to do that without there being trust, this I mean, I, I don't think you can. Mm. You know, I think that's when, you know, somebody walks out of the gym, doesn't come back. Mm. Um for me, that's that's kind of the deciding factor. It's like if I can be in this place where I'm feeling 100% helpless, I cannot defend myself, and I'm okay with that, and I'm actually like, okay, just breathe, just keep breathing, give yourself, I'm going to give myself to the count of 10 to think of something, then I'll tap, but I'm not going to tap quite yet. If I can be in that headspace, then I know I'm in a good place. I know I'm with good people. I know I'm in a good uh, training center. Um, and I watched, you know, my, my son, I got him into jujitsu. Um, that was it. And this is his and, first foray into martial arts is uh, uh, BJJ. Yes. yes okay. it is. And he was, you know, he's kind of interested and I was like, well, here's what you're doing. And you know, both his mom, uh, her boyfriend who I'm good friends with. So it wasn't like a, a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, he was like, ah, have you thought about like karate or something like that? And he's like, he's taking jujitsu. <laughs> Playing the dad card. He's taking jujitsu. Um, and he just like the phone call. I would get phone calls at like 11 o'clock at night after he'd gone to bed from like his mom or from, you know, from, from Chris. And he'd be like, he was breaking, he was like 
sobbing today after class. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was a tough class. He's doing jujitsu. <laughs> It's like, we have a deal. You you try something new, you do one season of it. And I was like, yeah, jujitsu, a season is at least three tournaments, which can take up to a year. So I, you know, um, and he, like his first tournament, uh, the girl he was fighting in the first, you know, in his very first fight, she sprawled and I was sitting there watching it. Her dad is obviously the coach of the, you know, the teacher at the school. He's sideline coaching her. He's like, like, just sprawl. Don't move. Don't move. And I'm like, oh, come on. This is his first thing. Move. (laughs) Do something. Let him give him an opening. And he lost. He came back crying. And I was just like, dude, I know that sucks. She sprawled. It sucks. Nothing feels worse than just being helpless. So just take this moment. Take about 30 seconds. Cry as hard as you need to. And you have another round. You know, so let's, let's breathe. Taught him some circle breathing. You know, in, hold it you know, out, hold it. And, uh, and he went back in, beat the next kid. And then he had to go up against her again. And he walked out there. Uh, they did the little, you know, handshake fist bump. And he took one big step back and his whole face just went just neutral mask, like nothing up there. And I was like, Oh, she lost, yeah. you know, cause she's kind of bouncing on her feet, you know, and he just went like totally like dead still with that blank look on his face. I was like, Oh, okay. And yeah, I mean, he like, they clashed. He like none of that. She tried to sprawl again. He he had her, you know, had her back, and she tapped out. And he walked off. And was like, so I think I kind of like this. This is okay. And I was like, there you go. You know, you survived one of the most uncomfortable moments you can have. And not only did you survive, but then you got the opportunity, which you don't always get, to then meet that person again. You know, and you won. Um, and so it's been cool to see him, you know, as this 12 year old kid who is just entering that part of his life where he's starting to kind of adventure into thinking about things for himself instead of always referring to dad or mom. And he's starting to discover that, um, you know, discover his strengths, discover his weaknesses, and he's doing it in the context of something that um, is extremely physical. Um, you know, he's not a, he didn't get my, my flexibility and my, um, uh, light footedness gene. I mean, he's a solid kid. Um, you know, so he sees me do stuff. Had he done like other sports, sports as well, uh, prior to this? Well, he does, he does baseball. Uh, he tried soccer, but I mean, he's just not, not fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so despite being told by myself and, and, uh, and, uh, and his stepmom, Mickey, who, who's played soccer, like, no, 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 that just means your, your, your defense. You know, be that guy, be that guy that's like, yeah, now come, you just ran all the way down this field. Now come get around me. He was just like, no, but the cool kids are the fast ones who are always making the goals. And so he kind of gave up on that one. Um, but with jujitsu, I mean, he, he's really homed in on the fact that if he just like slows down, takes a breath, plays his game, then he more often than not is successful. I'm like, oh, there you go. Dad job done. You just, that's, you know, I'm 47 and I still have not quite got that concept nailed. And you just, there you go. Yes. And he learned it on the mat. Yeah. You know, um, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. There's, so, very few, yeah. there's very few places um, that you can get tested to that level, particularly at such a young age, right? Yeah. Um, where you've got, um, and I definitely, I mean, I know for me, my girls in tournaments and that stuff, it's very different. They're not, uh, they're doing a little, a little bit of grappling now, you know, but 
just just the environment of it, right? When we talk about, uh, you know, how would you, you know, self-defense, think about, okay, well, you train for the knife, you train for the gun to take ways or that type of stuff, you know? You train for multiple opponents. Yet it's, there's very there's very little we can do in terms of really replicating that, that real. And I say, I tell my, uh, my students all the time, Hey, listen, physical part of it. And you know, the, the techniques, we got that covered. Yeah. Mental part of it. We got a little bit of that covered because That's I'll tell the, you, I'll tell yeah. you a little bit of what to do, but you're going to start learning how to, how to, uh, to think about it. There thing. And yeah. I cannot help you with is right in here, man. And I got nothing to give you. And that's even, you know, like I said, at 47, you know, and I took some time off. I mean, I had, you know, when Roan was born, um, that's right around the time I was driving ambulance. I mean, and what I should have been doing, I should have been getting back into the gym. And I didn't. What I did was I, you know, started started drinking in the morning. Um, and, you know, because I'd get off work at 6 a.m. after, you know, 48 hours of no sleep and seeing things that I was just like, I, I want to unsee this. Um you know, and so instead of like pushing through and, and, you know, getting in there and hitting something, uh, you know, I picked up, you know, picked up a bottle and, um, and it's taken years to, you know, years to manage that, um, you know, in a, in a way that's now healthy. But, um, uh, but then when it came, when it came time for you know when i started to see my son starting to grapple with some of the same issues some of the self-consciousness issues some of the you know getting ready to be a teenager and i'm like there are there are things he's going through that i'm starting to not be able to help with mm. because quite honestly i'm still working on them myself my 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 self-image absolutely man, i gotta work on that every freaking day and i'm you know I'm, 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 I'm speeding towards 50 yeah um yeah so how can i help this kid you know um and the and it was, you know, it was like one of the questions we got for the July thing, you know, when did you feel your most basically comfortable in your own skin? And I was like, it was when I was boxing and grappling, you know, um, and being able to introduce him to that. And I like, I wanted to get on the mat again so bad. <laughs> I walked into that school and I was like, oh, they got a great kids program. And then I saw the adults and I was like, oh, God, that looks good. And I gave him a year, like a calendar year before i signed up for a class because i wanted it to be his oh wow you know wow man that's um, wow and it was it was tough i actually uh they don't have a place for parents to sit and i eventually got told hey you know so most parents drop their kid off yeah <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah i just i you know i'm like trying not to side coach but you know i'm sitting there muttering under my breath you know sweep sweep so after a year i was like i'm signing up now uh, got back into kickboxing, you know, a bit into jujitsu, but the timing of it is rough. So, you know, like probably two thirds kickboxing and then, and then, you know, jump in the gi and, and, and get twisted around by all the, the youngsters in the gym. But uh, being able to give him, introduce him to something where he is getting to experience the facts that he's having to learn something and he can only figure it out for himself. Coach, me, anybody else i can say well here's what worked for me here's what i think of almost 100 percent guaranteed that's not going to work for you mm. but that's what worked for me yeah and i, I had to kind of get there right and it, 
and parts of it kind of sucked because until yeah, I, that's exactly I, it. <laughs> I kept getting my ass handed to me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. And to watch him start to make that progress, I'm like, I think that's well. In a lot of ways, I'm like that. That gives me hope for uh, him becoming a teenager. And you know, it's like he's already getting to experience the fact that yeah, dad doesn't have all the answers, hmm. and some of dad's answers don't work for me. Hmm. But dad is still out there trying. Dad is still out there growing. Um, you know, I told him I was really frank with him. I, I took a jujitsu class, uh, one of my first first couple of classes, and I kind of like went into white belt deathmatch mode. Like I started, get, I started like not being able to control what was going on. And my last memory of jujitsu was back when I was training. And I'm like, no, I'm one of the, I'm one of the better people here. What is going on? But here's this like white belt with two stripes on her belt and she's kicking my ass. And I started to kind of physically lose control. I started to go into that panic mode mm. and that white, white belt death match. Mm. And so I just stopped. I just tapped. I was like, you know, tap. And she's like, Oh, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just, I, you know, I made, I said something about like, you know, I'm having some vertigo thing, Yeah. you know, and I, and then I just stopped going to jujitsu and I actually talked to the owner and he's like, Hey, what happened? I was like, I, I freaked out. Mm. It's because, you know, I was, I was in a headspace where I realized I, I'm wanting to basically start going into that. I need to physically do whatever I can to get out of this. Yeah. And that's not good. That's not, that's not safe. Somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah. Me, the other person, that's not cool. Um, and I actually talked to, you know, talked to Rowan about it, talked to my son about it. I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, in a lot of ways it's starting over. I mean, and, and, you know, so that feeling you had when you first started and you were like, oh my gosh, I can't do anything. I'm like, yeah, guess what? Dad was there last week. Yeah. Dad's, and dad's taking the next week off, you know, because dad can do that. No, you can't take the next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, awesome. so giving him the opportunity to see that in a way it's not personal to him, right. you know, it's, it's, he's seeing in the context of something that we share, um, is really, really cool. I mean, I think in a lot of ways in terms of, you know, fatherhood, I think that's, that's been the biggest benefit of, of getting back into it is that he gets to see me struggle. He gets to see me going, Oh man, you know, yeah, yeah I could dig my knuckle in here and get you off of me, but that's not kosher. So I'm not going to, which means, okay, I'm tapping again. Right. And guess what? I'm learning a hell of a lot. So there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Dude. I I mean, I did. I, we could freaking talk for another five hours, man. Like even just today, but, uh, uh, you know, so we'll definitely get, we'll definitely get a a hookup again, but I mean, just, just that alone, man, in terms of like you uh, having this shared experience now with your boy, I mean, just, not only in terms of like, oh yeah, we have the same hobby. It's, mm. it's like, yeah, we have. I can share my vulnerabilities with him, yeah. and it's okay to do that. Very challenging, I think, for most. And I'm speaking from experience. Most parents to just kind of allow that to happen. Whereas, yeah. because ninety yeah. percent of the day we're saying do this, do that, because that's the thing in their mind. We are right all the time. Right? right, whether they like it or not, it's like we have the answer. That's why we're telling you what to do. Right, right. But it's very challenging, and you know, it's very rare the opportunities that you can put yourself in that vulnerable spot for them to see. You know, yeah. like, you know what? I don't have that. And then, like, and then, like, wow. But but being able to do that 
you know, just flips it all, you know, you, it kind of sweeps everything <laughs> over, right? And now, right. And now it's well, like your control is like, oh my gosh, this this completely changes the dynamic of our relation. Particularly, like you're saying, for your boy, the age that he's going into now. That, that, that right. part of life that he's into now, you know? Right, right. Well, and to see, you know, I think it's, you know, to see... To see him recognizing that, yeah, we both struggle with it, and we struggle with very different stuff. Hmm. Like the things that he struggles with are things that I'm like, I, I, I've never had that challenge. You know, I've always been fast. I've always been flexible. Strong, not so much. Yeah. He's physically just a stronger, stronger kid than I ever was. So his problems are dealing with, you know, people that are flexible and fast. <laughs> um, and so for him to see that we, yeah, we're both struggling with it but we're struggling with such different stuff. Yes. And that means I don't always have the answer for him. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about that because I've never actually struggled with that. That's always been something that has been simple, but, but here's the thing, buddy. I also struggle with this part, which is something that I notice. You don't even think twice about. You got no problem. You know, with this um, that has been, it's been huge. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's been awesome, and, you know, and, and, you know, from a very dad perspective, I mean, it's something that I notice, <laughs> you know, um, hopefully sometime later, you know, in his late twenties, thirties or whatever, he'll go, Oh yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. But you know, awesome. uh, every once in a while for now, it's still like, yeah, dad, yeah, I'm still doing jujitsu. Yeah. So yeah. But, we'll get there. Jesse we'll get Hines. There one day. This was awesome, man. I love it. Oh man! Uh, so we got to do round two sometime because oh. yeah, we got to <laughs> absolutely do. This has been I mean, fun. This has yeah. been fun, folks. I hope you appreciated that conversation with Jesse. Again, it was just a blast for me to uh, to have that uh, chat with him, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to having him on again just because it was it was so much fun. Just love to hear his perspective. Um, we didn't get into it in the interview itself, but if you'd like to get more of Jesse and his thoughts, particularly around martial arts and training, you can go to his blog at writingthecurrents.blog and uh, find out uh, about uh, some of the things he's thinking about there and um, get more of him. But uh, that is it for this episode. This is Philip with the Everyday Fighter Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.